0: One of the key events last year was the Supreme Court's ruling that the Constitution does not confer the right to an abortion. Well, as Christians, we can applaud that, but we do still face an uphill battle lifting up the value and the sanctity of life, every human life. Well, welcome to the uh, Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and we're going to be discussing the sanctity of u- human life in this podcast. And joining me is my co-host Chris Johnson.
1: Hey, Lynn, great to be with you today. Um, I think this is an important uh, session for us, like you said, in, in light of our current uh, situation in our in our nation. Uh, it's. I think it's. Um, I think it's fun for us and important for us to go to familiar passages like Psalm 139. And uh, I hope, I hope that because of what's going on in our culture, uh, there will be more attention maybe given to this session than others uh, in the past.
0: Well, joining our conversation for this podcast is Dr. Ashley Allen. Uh, Ashley, thank you for joining us for this podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Ashley is the Assistant Professor of Women's Ministries at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So Ashley, just take a moment. Uh, 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 people who've read your content are familiar with, at least by way of what you've written, but tell us just a little bit about yourself.
2: All right. Well, thank you. Well, I am a native Texan, and as all native Texans tell one uh, other people, We are native Texans, so I'm proud to be a native of Dallas, Texas. Um, I have served the Lord uh, since I was 18 and as a college student at the University of Texas and have enjoyed the opportunity of serving here, not only at Southwestern Seminary, but also in North Carolina, where I served for over a decade with the Baptist State Convention in North Carolina. And um, I love to read, love to read historical fiction. I love history and I love talking with people and hearing their stories and hearing what God's doing in their lives. And so I am just your plain Jane person uh, that, Went to school for a long time, but just enjoy serving Christ and making his name known.
0: Well, you certainly did, I think, an excellent job in writing this particular session, this important session. Uh, Your gift certainly came out in that.
1: So, Ashley, take a moment to um, tell us about Mary Louise McDonald.
2: All right. Well, Mary Louise McDonald was my mentor, one of my mentors that began mentoring me when I was in college at the University of Texas in the late 1990s. And Mary Louise was someone that I met at my home church. And when I first met her, she was walking with a walker. And I got to know her and her husband and heard her story. And in her mid-30s, she was diagnosed with cancer. And it was a type of cancer that was very rare. It was new and the doctors didn't know how to treat it. And so for the rest of her life, until she passed away when she was 81 years old in 2020, she endured all kinds of physical difficulties that ultimately left her in a wheelchair for the last 20 years of her life. However, I don't know of anyone that has radiated Christ to so many people like Mary Louise McDonald. Um, She did not allow a wheelchair to confine or define her. She used the gifts and talents God had given her for teaching his word, for being able to build a great rapport with people very quickly to be able to proclaim the gospel to them. It was very interesting because the day she passed away in 2020, an hour after she passed away, I was in her home in Austin, and uh, she'd been sick for several weeks leading up to her passing. And one of the things that her husband said hospice said was, you know, she's a paraplegic. And I stopped and I thought for a second, and I said, I never thought of her as a paraplegic. And her daughter said, you know what? We didn't either. And it wasn't until she had some health issue several years prior that she was in the hospital for the doctor came in and said, well, since she's a paraplegic, she's going to need help. And her daughter said, she's not a paraplegic, but her, she did not allow her disability to define her at all. And God used the gifts and the talents of this amazing woman who was totally yielded to Christ to show himself to so many people. And so what a gift she was to my life and so many thousands of others.
1: We, you mentioned her in your introduction, and uh, we are talking about life and the and and valuing life and valuing people.
0: Well, we are talking about God, how He values life, and our that's our point is that is God values life, we should too. Let's we're going to be in Psalm one thirty nine. So let me begin reading in verse one. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. And before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it.
2: Powerful words.
0: As David's writing here, life is sacred. I mean, God does value us. And that's why we should see life is sacred. I love the the word David used here. He used the word know know several times. You've known me. uh, You know when I sit, when i down. And as as you bring out, Ashley, in what you wrote in in the books, this word know is a whole lot deeper than how we tend to use it. We tend to think in terms of facts, uh, knowing stuff that would help us on Jeopardy, but it's a much more intimate type of knowledge.
2: Yes. I think about how God knows us. He is our creator. And so he is shaped and he has formed us. And scripture tells us all the way back in Genesis one, that we are shaped and formed in his image. And we are image bearers of Christ. Um, all of us that know him, but also every male and female that's created is made in his image. And he knows us so intimately. Even the parts that we don't verbally share with someone else, the Lord knows all about us. The things that we think, as David points out, the things that we're about to say, which sometimes for some of us, including myself, can be a little bit scary, but the Lord knows all of those things about us. He is intimately acquainted with all of our ways. And I think the thing that strikes me when I read this passage of scripture is that David does not get worried about that. It is a peaceful reminder that God knows all about him. And I think because of the way that David addresses that God is in his life, when he says, Lord, he is calling the Lord by his personal holy name, Yahweh, that personal name of God that shows that intimacy, that he is familiar with the Lord and the Lord far more familiar with him.
0: If you've been a part of the Bible studies for life, Bible studies, we just wrapped up a study last week called Putting Fear in Its Place and dealing with, first of all, the fear of God, which is appropriate. But in light of having that appropriate fear, how do we handle the other fears in our life? And I think this is interesting now as we're in Psalm 139. Here is David, as you just described, actually has this understanding that God knows him deeply. But it wasn't a, a fear that's a, a terror. He, uh, he wasn't terrorized by that fact, but there's a sense of comfort in it.
1: So, so I think that there's probably a lot of people who are, will do this study and who maybe who are listening to this podcast, that the idea of God knowing them so well, knowing them so intimately, knowing their thoughts, their motives uh, can be overwhelming from a negative perspective where David obviously sees this as a good thing.
2: Right. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that um, it can be intimidating to think that the Lord knows us in that he knows when our motives are not pure. He knows when those thoughts are negative, but also he knows all about us. He knows when those motives are also pure. He also knows when our thoughts are directed towards him. And so um, I think when we really sit back and we look at our relationship with the Lord, that it's a relationship that we have with him. We don't just know him and know facts about him, just like he doesn't just know facts about us. There is a relationship that David is speaking of that is here.
0: Ashley, one thing that helped me in that was something you said in the personal study guide, and I'm going to put it in my own words, but as we think about Uh, let's say family members, a spouse, kids, our parents, someone that we love very deeply, the the more or the the more we uh, we know them, the more we care about them, Uh, the more we know them, the more we love them. And therefore, the more we care about them. So then we take that to uh, our relationship with God who knows us better than God. Yet in His knowledge of us, there is also a deep care for
2: us. Exactly, and I think about um, how much God cares for us it, because He knows us and He loves us. At the heart of knowing us is His love for us. That's what drives that knowledge. Uh, we we are made uniquely and fearfully, and I know we're going to get to that passage of Scripture in just a bit, but. The Lord loves us and that's what his motivation is in caring for us and knowing us. And um, I do think about that. Even I love history, like I mentioned, Um, with the recent passing of Queen Elizabeth, not a lady that I've ever met. I know a lot about her though, but yes. I think about uh, the family members that I've watched and the staff that she worked with that knew her. She was not just... um someone they knew a lot of history about, they had a relationship with her and their care and concern for her is deep. It's different than the knowledge that I have um, about her. The knowledge God has about each of us is deep. Um, Every single aspect of our being, as we're told in the New Testament, Jesus says, every hair on our head is numbered. That's some deep knowledge about a lot of different people.
1: Well, I love that David ends uh, this section in verse 6 by saying, this just blows my mind. This is just beyond me. I I can't hardly get my head around the fact that God knows me and loves me and cares for me in that kind of way. I hope that we can get a sense of that um, in our groups as we, as we talk about it. I hope that people are blown away um, by God's uh, amazing love and care for
0: us. And what I love about this too, is not that he knows us so well, and therefore he cares deeply for us, but he is with us. It's not like he knows us from a distance. He's with us. David says this when you get into verse seven, where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn or settle down on the Western horizon, even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me.
1: So David asked the question, where can I go where you're not? Where can I go where you're not present?
2: He's omniscient, that he knows everything, and he's omnipotent, that he's all powerful. We don't see those words here, but we see those concepts here. And I think the fact of the matter is that we can trust him wherever we are. Um, And I'm reminded that when I see someone that is going through difficulty, the Lord is as much with that person as he is during that difficulty as he is in times where it seems like things are great and there are no issues at all. And I can think of a kind of a silly example, maybe that will explain this. A couple months ago, my family and I took a vacation trip and one of the places we went to was an amusement park. And um, heights are not something that are my thing. Um, so I really appreciate that when David says, you know, if I fly on the wings of the dawn, you're there. So even when we're not tethered to the earth, which is my preference, um, the Lord is there with us. But um, there was a particular roller coaster at this amusement park that um my dad and I decided we were gonna ride, and we had to be in a queue for it pretty much the whole day for like seven hours. We had a, a virtual queue. So um When we finally made it onto the train, I had no idea that we were going to ride this roller coaster backwards, spinning counterclockwise in the dark to uh, Blondie's one way or another. And we were soaring down. And all I could think was just close your eyes and wait till it is over. And I was holding fast to the uh, safety bar in, uh, in front of me. And they had shut the ride down for a couple hours before we actually got on it because of technical issues. And I will say candidly, going down that roller coaster, screaming my head off, hanging on for dear life, I had two thoughts that ran through my head. The first was, what were the technical difficulties that caused this ride to shut down? And the second was, the Lord is as much with me right now on this roller coaster as he would be if I were standing outside with two feet planted firmly on the ground. And I think, and that's kind of a silly word picture, but the reality is wherever we are, God is with us. And to me, that brings great comfort that in the midst of trial, the Lord is with me in the midst of days where I'm like, all is well. And if someone were to say like, do you have a prayer request? I could say, I don't think so. The Lord still is much with me in that moment. But I think that's also a reminder that when we see that there are people struggling with disabilities or difficulties or with um, things that come with aging, which I'm starting to experience all these things that come with aging, <laughs> the Lord is still with me and I can take peace and comfort in that.
0: That's great. God is with us. He cares for us. That's great to know. And. Let's go on to verse 13, then, as we talk about seeing life sacred, it's because God has created us. God has a plan for us. David said this in verse 13, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth, but your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them came to be.
1: So, a lot of the passage um, you mentioned earlier, all of the um, th- that God is all present, all powerful, um, all knowing, we are not. And so sometimes we have difficulty uh, making a connection and understanding the significance of that. Lynn, as you read uh, those words, um, uh, that our days are numbered, uh, that he he knows he knows the beginning and the end. That's that's one of those ideas that, for uh, finite people, it's hard for us to get a get our heads around God having that capacity and ability. Would you speak to that a little bit, Ashley?
2: I think when we see that God is creator and we do have these like very limited minds for capacity and even for time, um, but God is creator. He has always been, he is not created. He has created everything. And when we think about that, it is him who has not only created us, he has created our days and as creator, we yield to him. Um, I think of it as um, an artist. Um, I've studied art history just as electives in high school and in college. And art history, uh, when you look at the artist and what they've created, it is their creation. And God, as our creator, we are his creation made fearfully and wonderfully. And those words are not restricted to certain people or to what society looks at as this is, you know, um, the standard, God's made each of us fearfully and wonderfully. And I think that we can trust that our days are in his hands, just as from the very beginning of this passage of scripture, David says that God knows him.
0: The challenge for us, I, I will confess, is often we we agree with everything we, we you just said, Ashley. We agree with the passage, but then we look at certain individuals with certain disabilities, uh, certain hardships in their life, and so we might even do it to ourselves. Okay, God has a plan, but I don't see it yet. I have to just trust. God knows. God knows the plan he has for each and every one of us. Um, we may not see it on this side of earth, but God knows. And I think when we get to heaven and uh, there's glorified state, we'll be in will but we can look back and go, oh yeah, okay. I, it makes perfect sense now, but that's hard for us now.
2: It is. I, I think it is hard for us because sometimes we don't see the end outcome and we have to walk by faith. And I think that is the part that we have to trust the Lord. I tell my students frequently, your theology of God shapes everything else about what you believe. And so when my theology of God based upon scripture shows that he is good and he is perfect and he is wise and he has a plan and my good is always part of that, I can trust him because he's faithful. And even though when I don't see what's going to come of this or why are things this way, he can be trusted. Um, I was talking with a dear friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that she does um, on, on Fridays is she helps take care of a young lady that's in her 30s. And this lady is mute and she is not able to uh, walk or care for herself. So my friend goes and spends time with her so that her mom can go and run errands. And I was talking with her a couple of weeks ago and I asked her, well, how did your time go with the lady yesterday? And she said, you know, you put on praise music and she can't talk and tell you what she is thinking, but her facial expressions as she lights up. Hearing the name of the Lord lifted high, she said, it's just magnificent to see how she can worship the Lord, even in a muted state and with the disabilities that she has. And she said, you know, I don't know why this is the state that she's in, but I can trust God that he is using her because he uses her in my life every single Friday afternoon.
1: That's a great story. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, let's, let's make the connection, kind of touch all the bases uh, as to um, the significance of Psalm 139 in regard to um, uh, the unborn.
2: I think this passage is so clear that from the womb, it is God who has made the baby that is placed in the womb, and that he is the one that is the creator. He has knit that child together the way that David describes here. So artistically, if you will, that he has knit that child together and there is a a care for that knitting and putting together and that the Lord has seen this child in the womb. And so life begins in the womb. And I think that is so important for us as believers to look at this passage of scripture and stand on that truth, that life begins in the womb. And I think it is so important for us as well to make sure that that life in the womb is protected and that we care for life from the womb all the way through later stages of life of the Lord, if that's part of his plan for individual people, but life begins in the womb. And we see that in this passage of scripture and not only in this passage, but in so many other passages um, all throughout scripture that life begins there.
0: This is important for us to talk about simply because of the decision that happened with the Supreme Court last year, because the, the issue with abortion has not gone away. That court decision only said it was—it's not a, a constitutional right. In other words, it doesn't happen on the federal level, and they essentially send it back to the states. So even those who of us who, who happen to be in states that uh, they don't have abortion, we still need to keep lifting up the value of all life. We need to support those who are in those areas that uh, it's still a—it's still a battleground and I think for all of us, regardless of the state we're in, we should see it as a continual battle we're going to face to remind people abortion is not an option. Uh, it's, it's, It's wrong because God values life. And because he values life, we should too.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is why it is important that we come alongside and teach people this is what God says, and because this is what He says, and He is the Creator, we can stand on this promise, and that is why the life in the womb is so very valuable.
1: So, uh, people who are listening to uh, our podcast who will be in groups this week will be talking about uh, this passage in light of what's going on in our culture. And again, like, Lynn, like you said, it's it's a a very different conversation today than it has been uh, in the past, even a year ago. So uh, this is a great opportunity for us to to highlight uh, our, our belief and, and convictions, and also to give people a biblical uh, basis for explaining their position when they're in conversations with people uh, who maybe have the
0: world's perspective. Now, Ashley, thanks for joining us for this podcast.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I think it's been a rich conversation, and I'm confident that all of you in your particular groups, wherever you are located in our country, that you're going to have a rich discussion too. And I hope you'll join us for next week's podcast, because this is a special focus session this week on Sanctity of Human Life, but we're going to start a six-week study on how to discern the voice of God. And Richard Blackaby will be joining us for next week's podcast. So I hope you have a great study this week.